This week on the Time Blaster Toycast, we'll be joined by a man who, like us, has a PhD in TMNT. The Vice President of Marketing and Product Development at Playmates Toys, Pat Linden, is stopping by to chat all things Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with us. And it starts right after this break. Welcome to the Toy Cast. Toy Cast. Cue up the super soakers for the time blast. time blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. Launch it's the time blast. Time blast. Of the toy cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the official Toycast YouTube channel at Time Blaster Toycast. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. The Time Blaster toy line is now open. Leave us your reviews, thoughts, or comments via voice message, or you can shoot us a text at 734-494-2292. My name is Dave at Matthew Priest on social media, and we are ALIVE alive and kicking with the following toy cast, which is a special edition scheduled for a 60 minute time limit. Introducing first, your hosts. They are weighing in today with the stress of fatherhood and fanfare of figures with actions. Let's crack open a cold one because they are the reigning, defending toy cast tag team champions of the world at the Retro KO Joe at Time Blaster Toys Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toy Cast. And now, making his way down the Time Blaster Toy Cast Toy Aisle, hailing from Newport Beach, California, by way of Playmates Toys, he is a big league branding big shot, a retail release rock star, master strategist, the vice president of marketing and product development for Playmates Toys, Pat the Panther Linden. Wow, guys, that's, that's quite the introduction. <laughs> Pat the Panther. I went with like the Panther. That. I saw you went to Northern Iowa, so I was like, I'll just, I'll just throw it in there. How long did it take you to come up with that introduction? Oh, only a couple minutes. I, I, I'm also ringing outs for wrestling, so it's t- right ties it in there. <laughs> try to get you hyped. Try to get you in the, in the mood to talk some Ninja Turtles. Yeah, look at Ninja Turtles. It's an awesome brand. It's uh, been in the Playmates library in terms of us getting master toy licensee. Since inception and uh, uh, probably 1987 was when they Playmates probably negotiated the deal with then Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, mm-hmm. and uh, the, you know what then became the Mirage Studios group. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a great brand, has a great history, and uh, we're very very excited about what's up and coming with the uh, Mayhem movie. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I mean, again, Pat, we appreciate you, dude. We know it's early morning. Uh, in California to take again thanks for taking the time to talk to us so VP of product development and marketing at Playmates Toys so you've been with the company for two decades right I mean and and mainly kind of focused on TMNT during that time in August of this year it'll be my 25th anniversary oh 25th dang dude congrats that's almost unheard of in the toy business I think Yeah. yeah Uh, Playmates has been a great company to work for. Has treated me well, and uh, you know I appreciate for them for keeping me gainfully employed for the last twenty five years. So yeah, twenty five years ago. Uh, so when you started there, that was kind of the downturn of the original Ninja Turtle line, and the whole reboot that we've seen over the last twenty five years. You've pretty much been the main responsible soul, uh, guy for, or, or some a team of you. Yeah. Another colleague of mine that started working with Ninja Turtles in 
then he left the company uh, midway through, gosh, probably around 2004, 2005-ish time frame. And then I you know, basically took over the brand and have been working on the brand since then. Mm-hmm. So you've seen it through all sorts of phases. So 2003, where this is pre-Nickelodeon, right? Mm-hmm. TMNT for the first, what, almost 10 years of you working on the line. And then you've kind of yeah. been through the whole... Nickelodeon years, uh, you know the the films that came out in the 2015, 2014, 2016, and now Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Two thousand three, uh, Ninja Turtles was still owned by uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, and then I think Peter Laird bought Kevin Eastman out, possibly during that time frame or mm-hmm. shortly before that, and then Mirage Studios signed the for kids entertainment, I don't know if you remember them, mm-hmm. um, but they were, you know, Ninja Turtles was on what was called the Fox Box, right? Yeah, in 2003, 2004, and then I think in 2004 it did get stripped for a short period of time on Cartoon Network, um, and you know, basically from 2003 to two, about 2009, yeah, we did Ninja Turtles. I think there was a movie in 2007, which was the animated movie, right? Ninja Turtles, um, and then uh, then the deal was made to sell Ninja Turtles to Nickelodeon. It mm-hmm. happened in 2011, um, and then we, you know we relaunched with Nickelodeon in 2012 based on the TV series. Yeah, how's that process been with Nickelodeon? I feel like they do a pretty great job with the license. You know what I mean? Like that 2012 show. I go back and watch it with my son. I'm like, man, this is probably my favorite version mm-hmm. of the Ninja Turtles ever, honestly. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nickelodeon's a great partner, great to work with. And obviously, you know, them being the master or the, the licensor and owner of the IP, uh, you know, they basically run the ship, but they're, they're yeah. a great partner to work with. And, you know, I think uh, they appreciate our history yeah. in Ninja Turtles since we've been the master licensee since the inception. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's a back and forth. We collaborate a lot on content, look of the turtles, and we throw out ideas. They throw out ideas. They run ideas by us. You know, we give them answers, and it's a great working relationship. Yeah. It seems like Playmates has always kind of worked hand-in-hand hand with the, you know, if you t- think about the vintage line from the 80s and the 90s, a lot of those toys were being produced before the characters ever even made it to TV. So Playmates was kind of shaping the look. You know, guys like me and Joe that grew up with TMNT, we think of certain characters. We're not thinking of what they looked like on TV. We're thinking of the actual toy itself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of characters that we did in toy form back in the uh, 80s and 90s that never made it to the TV show. Right, yeah. Which is, you know... You know, name another brand that has had that happen for them. You know, it's it's one of those properties that you know uh, kids just love and appreciate. Sure. Yeah. Did when you were when the first line came out, did you collect any? I did not. Back in the eighties and nineties, uh, I was you know, past that age. I think uh, two thousand, gosh, eighty four. I would have been fourteen years old. So, okay. uh, you know, kind of past the. Uh, the toy playing ages yeah. back then, um, but I do remember it distinctly because you know, of its popularity. Sure. And, you know, back then, uh, you know, I think we, we 
probably set a record. Playmates probably set a record with a 60% market share in the action figure category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, today's world, that's, that's unheard of. Yeah. And I do remember the TV show and, you know, back in uh, you know, doing research and history, I mean, ratings wise, it was receiving a 20 point gross ratings point, which uh, in today's day and age you know, is definitely unheard of. Sure. Yeah. The entertainment landscape, and I'm sure Nickelodeon would die for right. a yeah. TV show that you know achieved the 20, 20 point rating. Yeah. So early two thousands, you you get hooked up with Playmates, and you start. Let's take a step back. How you know maybe the start of you in the toy industry itself. You know you don't start at the top of the food chain. When did you get break into the you know the toy business, and what kind of job were you doing? At the start? Well, back in uh, 1993, graduated from Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. and then uh, started working in a, at a small toy company in Iowa called the Ertl Company. Okay. It was known for their die-cast mm-hmm. farm toys, but they did have a promotional toy division. I started actually in customer service back then, worked in customer service for a year, and then uh, moved over to the marketing side. Uh, working on on farm toys and basically working on all the catalogs that they did for all the OEM dealerships. Okay. John Deere, Ford New Holland, Case IH, and then worked my way up to the uh, promotional toy side of the business and launched a preschool brand called John Deere Kids with them. And then in uh, 1998, uh, Got a call from a headhunter and uh, landed in uh, Southern California. <laughs> wow. You know, I had no clue. I, I didn't realize Ertl was based in Iowa. Yeah. yeah I, did not, I did not know that. Yeah. At the time, I think they were owned by U.S. Industries and then were bought out by a company called Racing Champions. Okay. And now I believe they're owned by Tommy. Ah. Oh, it's, cool. it's the most Iowa thing you can do is go from... <laughs> Northern Iowa University to selling toys of John Deere tractors. <laughs> and, uh, quick Northern Iowa question before we move in there. Did, uh, you were at school the same time Kurt Warner was there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was. Actually, I had him in a couple classes. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so why didn't Playmates get the, get the rights to the underdog story toy line to, to come out? Why didn't you get that little buddy-buddy, hey, Kurt, come on, let's, let's make some toys of you? You never know. Never say never. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, the one Ertl toy I always think of is they had the license for the 89 Batman. Yeah. For a little while there. So there's that iconic three-pack. It's uh, Batmobile. The uh, the Batwing and Joker's van on yep. this blue card back. Yep. I can picture it. That was like super popular back in the day. Probably but yeah, die, right? absolutely yep. diecast. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Everybody had that back in the day. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, playmates. Uh, obviously, the, we, you hit the Nickelodeon line, um, and then you're working with them hand in hand. So with the 2000, was that 2009, 2012 line? Were you taking any inspiration from the classics from the 80s and early 90s, or were you just trying to come up with all new con- designs and concepts? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, look at, you know, Nickelodeon hired Cyril Neely to basically oversee the TV show. And, mm-hmm. You know, he did a great job. Um, the look of the turtles was different, but yet still retained. Yeah, familiar. I think a little bit of that classic look. Mm-hmm. And you know he didn't he didn't mess with uh, the mythology in terms of the turtles still had their core personalities, um, 
obviously you know the weapons they use hasn't changed and pretty much stuck with uh you know it based on the original comic book and that original tv series but gave his diff- you know his own spin on it yeah which Great, and I think that is kind of what Seth Rogen is doing with Mutant Mayhem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, paying homage to the original cartoon, the original series, but yet giving it a different look. You know, I guess a more up to date look. Yeah. Uh, you know, we couldn't be happier with what he has done, and you know, I think overall the fan reaction to what they have seen has been pretty incredible. I think a lot of people are highly anticipating this next movie as are we and uh are very excited about it but, yeah yeah going back to that 2012 series yeah i mean nickelodeon you know from a toy perspective they nailed it and from a tv show perspective they nailed it as well um you know the movies were a little bit different but you know that was that was good as well i mean you know that first movie i think did about a half billion dollars at the box office mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was michael bay and you know michael bay does high energy action-packed movies and he delivered from that aspect the turtles yeah they're probably a little more muscle bound (laughs) a little different looking but at the same time it performed well at retail yeah i love those movies i i I really liked the second one a lot and i thought the like the look of the turtles was different and once you get past that from a toy perspective that had to be fun to make did you have the licensing for both movies we did yeah so that's a whole new that's a whole new take on on making turtles from twenty five years of of them being around. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, when you're always working on a movie line versus a TV show line, is a little different. It's um, you know, from a movie standpoint, the studio likes to keep everything a secret. And, uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's harder to get assets, and they hold on to the assets because things change, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always noodling with the look and you know the story always changes as well where the tv show is a little more straightforward i think sure at least that's my opinion obviously working on the toy side and not on the tv or the movie side but um but yeah it's you know it's, it's a process and like i said nickelodeon whether it's the tv show or the movies has been a, a great partner to work with so how far in advance are you getting those, uh, I guess, like sketches or prototypes from the TV show versus the movie, even with like Mutant Mayhem coming out? Like, is it, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, the TV show, you know, we, they give us the assets a little earlier. And like I said, the movie will get an asset, you know, on day one or whatever. And then probably 30 days later, you know, it's changed. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I'm sure, you know, from a movie perspective, things are always evolving and uh, always changing. And, you know, they're trying to produce the best movie possible. And sometimes, you know, what they thought was going to work didn't work. And changes have to be made. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're confident that uh, Seth and his team, at Point Grey are, are going to great or produce a great movie. I can think from the 2014 movie, that first series of the TMNT figures, based on the movie, there's a figure in the set, Undercover Raphael, which is like an homage to Undercover Donatello from back in the day. This yep. figure, you know, it's Donnie, or not Don, it's Raphael in a trench coat and what have you. That scene was cut from the movie. Yep. So this figure exists because I'm sure at some point it was in, you know, an integral part of the film. A figure's made, movie gets cut, he ain't in it, so this figure, kids are like, what? He never wears a trench coat in the movie. (laughs) And that's a part, you know, it just speaks to films changing and stuff, 
you know, characters look, their stories tweaked. So we realize, you know, the process of making a toy can be, you know, years long. So once you throw in the wrench of a movie studio and it could, it could be tough. I think probably working on a toy line based on a film property or not, excuse me, a television property, probably a lot easier in that regard. Yeah. I think, you know, get the assets a little earlier mm-hmm. and uh, collaborate. We're collaborating with Cyril on, on the TV series and the look and, you know, you're kind of working hand in hand where the movie is a little bit different. And, yeah. You know, from a toy company, we don't understand, you know, everything that they have to go through to produce the movie. And yeah. That's not our business. Our business is toys, and their business is making great movies. Mm-hmm. You know, without the great movie. Uh, yeah, there's no basis for the toy line. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. On that topic, the big controversy within the last couple of years different toy company and different it's no, um, production studio and everything, but that Sonic, when they, they had the Sonic movie come out and they trailer came out they changed it how much did you know anybody in the toy business that was working on those toys and they had to redo everything was that a massive loss i did not I did okay not know. Um, but you know what it happens yeah, yeah. So that, happens. You know, that's, that's kind of the risk you take <laughs> because like i said uh, you know nickelodeon paramount is their focus is on making a great movie yeah that's the first step and you know the toys are kind of secondary right because it's a derivative of that great movie. Yeah, and yeah. Great. The, mut- good, the toys are, aren't going to do well either. Yeah. Now, the Mutant Mayhem toys, we've got them in hand, um, and we've had them for a little while. You know, Playmates sent us a package to review some of the figures, so thank you guys for that. But I think they're awesome, dude. I love them. I love the fact that they're $10. I love mm-hmm. the fact that our sons can buy them and rip them open and play with them. The articulation's great. Um, seeing these toys... You know, obviously they're based on the film, but to me it feels like it's like a reset of the TMNT where this toy line can go well beyond the movie itself. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. yeah, I just I just love the way they look. You guys you totally killed it. No, we appreciate that. You know, again, a lot of credit goes to Nickelodeon and uh, Seth Rogen and Jeff Rowe, the, mm-hmm. uh, the director of the movie, because you know they're the ones that came up with the look of the turtles. You know, we always throw in our two two cents and. You know, a lot of times they take into account and, uh, you know, listen to us based on the history that we've had. Yeah. I wonder, like, with this movie, the cast you know, of, of characters that are chosen, right? At any point, do they come at you guys at Playmates and maybe ask for numbers like, hey, what's some of the highest selling sec- secondary tertiary characters? Like, who should we put in this movie? You know what I mean? Does things like that ever happen? In this case, I don't think that happened. I mean, you know, look, we... We know, Paramount knows, Nickelodeon knows, especially based on the 2012 series, you know, who are the most popular characters yeah. and ancillary characters from Splinter to Bebop, Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a history there, right? So yeah. They get that those characters are beloved. And, um, but what's unique about Mutant Mayhem is, is the look of those characters, changing it up uh, enough so that you know, they look different, but yet they still retain some of that original look from mm-hmm. the 80s, whether it's the TV show or the movies. And, you know, again, I think they've nailed it this time. It's interesting that um, the spin they're taking on this, uh, that the teenager or the, the, the turtles are teenagers. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's interesting from the standpoint, you know, they, they've never been teenagers mm-hmm. in the TV show or in a movie. And, uh, I remember working on the Ninja Shouts, 
and actually sitting in on the recording because we use the actual movie talent to record those phrases and and stuff. And you know, the kids that they hired were were great. Uh huh. The best part about it is, you know, the banter between them um, in the movie. Yeah. I think with recording, they had all four of them in the studio together. So, you know, they're basically having the conversation. That's awesome. Conversation of recording the lines, and I think it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, it sounds very real, and um, and that's awesome. Yeah, no, I love the fact that the turtles kind of got aged down a little bit because to keep the property alive, you gotta infuse new fans and new blood. You know what I mean? There's tons of 30, 30 40 year old men like us that love TMNT, but. You know, you want to get this new crop of kids, the six and seven year olds hooked in. And yep. if they can feel a connection to these young characters, you know, it's just going to make the story and the characters and the toys more important to them. A whole new generation. Yeah, and, you know, the great thing is that a lot of the uh, parents of yesterday or kids of yesterday are parents today and mm-hmm. have now have kids. And, you know, whether they've watched Ninja Turtles or appreciated, loved Ninja Turtles back in the day. Hopefully they will influence their kids to play with the uh, Ninja Turtle toys as well. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Um, being able to walk into a Target in a Walmart now and mm-hmm. see the figures that we had as children hanging on the pegs. I wanted to ask you, how fun has that process been to revisit those vintage classic figures and re-release them on their old style card backs and stuff like that? No, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, from my perspective, that's the, the best part of the job is working on all these toys and then walking into retail for the first time and seeing them hang on the shelf. Right, yeah. You know, a bonus is if you're in retail and you actually see a, a child, you know, pull a figure off the shelf and throw it in their shopping cart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes it all that much more fun. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, and you know, bringing back that, that classic collection. And you know what? A lot of those toys are based on the very original tools yep. that were used back in the 80s as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, part of the 80s is brought back today, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. Yeah. I, I'm so focused on the film. I'm not even thinking right. of the vintage yeah. line. But it has been interesting to see in the last six, seven months, like uh, Playmate Space in the toy aisle expand because mm-hmm. for... You know, prior to the film, there was a time, even a year ago, where there were no TMNT figures in, you know, Walmart, Target, what have you. But in the last six months, you know, I've gone from two pegs to yeah. four pegs, and now you got an end cap. And now, end cap. now Walmart, you know, there's straight up a whole section. You got the vintage yeah. SKUs, you got the movie stuff, you got the deluxe, you got the shipper in the, you know, in the aisle. It's awesome. No, it is. It is. And, um, you know, I guess the strategy was, you know, when Ninja Turtles kind of took a break and wasn't at retail, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted the the kids and the fans and the consumer to get, get reacclimated with Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know, the, the thought was, okay, we'll start with a small line of the classic series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original tools in the original packaging and the retailers have been great, very supportive of this plan. And, you know, we didn't want to overdo it either. Mm-hmm. We wanted to introduce 50, hundreds of, of different figures. We wanted a small section to get the consumer, the kids, back in the mail action aisle looking for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. Look at I mean, it was kind of a risk, too, because no guarantee in this business, and uh, there was no guarantee that the classic collection would have done or is would do as well as it has. Yeah. And, you know, 
that wouldn't have sold well, then it kind of leaves a, a sour taste in the retailer's mouth. Hey, you know, yeah, we tried Ninja Turtles, albeit this classic and not based on the new content, but mm-hmm. um, if that didn't work, you know, it puts a little negative connotation on, on the movie, but fortunately for us, that classic collection has done very well. Yeah. Yeah. It used to do very well, and now with the movie product hitting shelves, you know, it's off to a good start. Yeah. Now, in regards to the movie product, and I don't know if this is something you can even talk about or even, I'm sure it, there's a plan. How far ahead is this line figured out? Like, do you got the next year figured out? Are there going to be more series in the mutant mayhem realm? Yeah, so the movie, um, you know, obviously comes out in August. Uh-huh. We have movie product in the pipeline basically through all of 24. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but at licensing show, Nickelodeon did announce that they're doing a TV series mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That will be, you know, still based on the movie look. Um, but, you know, the Turtles will have a, <clears throat> a little different storyline. Yeah. You know, they'll introduce new characters in that TV series as well. I see. So, so the movie line um, kind of shifts into a television series. The movie line kind of shifts into television. Sweet. New characters. The turtles have a little bit of a different look to them, which mm-hmm. is great. And you know, there'll be new mutants, new robots. And, yeah. Um, you know, we're looking forward to that as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and Keith had mentioned um, that he had gotten those, uh, like Playmates had sent the the pre-order, if you will, or the, the early release, care package. package. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be doing that review here in, uh, I believe, two weeks time. Oh, we're doing we'll a whole a, podcast a whole, episode. A whole episode based on Mutant Mayhem and those those toys, which you were also an early riser to Target to get uh, <laughs> on release day. So how has how has that been so far? They've been out now a couple of weeks uh, in retail. Uh, how, are, how are they performing? Uh, you know, Target was the first retailer. I guess Kohl's was probably the first re- retailer to put them out. Uh-huh. And, and so far, it's off to a good start. Yeah. It's off to a good start. And, you know, there's always going to be that collector pop, right? Mm-hmm. I think we experienced that. And, uh, you know, in my eyes, the, the real the real key is, especially when it comes to the kids and seeing, you know, if they're into Ninja Turtles, is sales of the role play. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, yeah, collectors collect action figures. I mean, many collectors that collect role play mm-hmm. but you know even the role play is off to a, a good start that's awesome and, and now it's just getting into uh walmart as well they're setting their uh end caps yeah a number of pallets going into walmart and that'll be the real test is once walmart gets on board obviously target is on board and you know seeing how sales perform yeah lead and uh, pass the movie time for it. Yeah, I mean, and the movie's not even out yet. You know right. what I mean? We mm-hmm. always find, you know, the toys, of it, traditionally toys end up hitting shelves prior to a film. Yep. And, you know, you can usually find them, and this is regards to any movie, they're usually there. And then when that week, when that movie drops, and I know this because every movie we see, when it's over and we're walking out, my son asks, can we go buy the toys? Like he <laughs> wants them right then. And that's traditionally when you'll end up at the store, and the shelves will be bare. Yep. So I'm sure come August second, there's gonna so there's gonna just be droves of children wanting everything. Absolutely, you know Absolutely. what I mean. Especially the Pizza Fire van. Like we got to talk about that thing oh, for a minute. Love that toy. You know, it's funny working in a vintage toy shop. I talk to people all the time about Ninja Turtles and their memories. And yesterday, there's a guy in here, and he's talking about the party wagon and how it fires pizzas. And I'm like. 
You're talking about two separate things. I'm like, there's the party wagon, you know, the classic Ninja Turtle party wagon, 1988, and the pizza thrower, 1989, two different vehicles. I'm like, however, now, right now, Mm -hmm. you know, we've taken these two iconic vehicles and fused them into one thing. So this memory you have of a thing that didn't exist, now it does exist, and it's awesome. Yeah. No, look at it. We were extremely stoked when we heard that. There was going to be a, a party van. Uh-huh. Look, you know, looking at history, the party van is the number one selling vehicle in the Playmates toy line. Yeah. Uh, from a vehicle standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then the pizza thrower, I think, is either number two or number three. So yeah. combining those two and them coming up with the look of the what is now the pizza fire van uh-huh. movie is... Uh, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. It kind of has that nostalgic look. Yeah. Original party van, and then to throw in the mechanism like the pizza thrower into it uh, has been great. It's gotten a great reaction. Did you guys make sure to get that like uh, signature hum of the motor? Because <laughs> we threw the batteries in it, and we're like, dude, it sounds just it like sounds that. They got the hum. Like they got the hum just right. Yeah, <laughs> probably the same uh, same mortar that they used back in the day. That's cool. That's super cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's great. It's couldn't have asked for a better group vehicle mm-hmm. and the bikes too you know what i mean the ninja kick cycle that, oh man when we got that thing and we started turning the pizza and leonardo's going crazy i'm like man what little kid wouldn't lose their mind over this right. thing it was it's so cool no and uh, you know goes to uh steve moore who came up with the idea he's you know we obviously worked with a number of inventors mm-hmm. and he came up with the mechanism that you were allows the turtle to hop off the seat and kick from right to left. Yeah. Uh, when we saw that, we're like, you know what? This is perfect for Ninja Turtles. It really is. Motorcycles traditionally always do well. Kids love motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great vehicle, and you know we think it's a great price point as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I alluded to it earlier. I think that's one of the, the best parts about it is the price point, because we see every other month the price of action figures just keeps creeping up you know to buy a standard six inch action figure most of the SKUs are like 25 dollars which as an adult collector sure that's fine but if you're a little kid trying to you know buy a set of tmnt and some villains at 25 a pop you're hundreds of dollars in yep. the fact that playmates can keep it at ten dollars is like it's huge no that's something that you know we looked at as well and look at i mean ninja turtles is an action figure baseline mm-hmm. the action don't work and you can't produce a lot of action figures and if the kids can't use their allowance to purchase the action figures the line isn't going to work the action figures kind of set the table for the vehicle play for play set play as well yeah that was the key making sure that we don't go over that ten dollar price point at Mm -hmm. retail and try to include as much value as we can because of the accessories because you don't have accessories to play with your action figures and from a kid's standpoint, they're not really action figures. Yeah. Statue, so, uh, hey. that, was a, that was a necessity. And, you know, given the economic times with inflation and all, we thought it was key to make sure that we don't exceed that $10 price. Yeah. No, I think it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Motivation for me as a kid was if for every grass you cut, basically are earning money to, uh, to buy an action figure. So if there's any kids out there cutting grass, they should be able to <laughs> take that money. I, and look at it that way. That's how I looked at it. it. Was like, oh, if I cut these three lawns, that's three action figures I can go buy at the store. Right. And those were five bucks a pop back then. So right. now you're looking ten, 
Hopefully you get 20 bucks. Like, yeah, I can get two. I can get Bebop and Rocksteady this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we have some of uh, the original product and packaging. And, you know, back in the day, KB, Toys R Us, you know, all had the price tags on them. Yeah. You know, back in the day, a Ninja Turtle action figure was $3.99. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's amazing how, how much the cost of things have gone up but but yeah that was the key for us is making sure that we make these affordable so that kids can collect and and you know I'll purchase a lot so i think we've accomplished that yeah no totally i mean if i was i don't know hasbro or mattel with my you know marvel legends or star wars black series and you see how much you get with these tmnt figures for 10 bucks so I'd many be, accessories i kind of be shaking in my boots like yeah. what are we doing how how is this so much more expensive it doesn't even make sense you know what right. i mean so yeah kudos to you I, I i don't know i think it's unbelievable thank you mm-hmm. other so going back to the the classic line a little bit here was there ever a fi- or even i guess in the last 25 years was there ever a figure or a vehicle that was your favorite that you really enjoyed like looking into and marketing the most and, and saying, Hey, this is the one that, uh, that I love coming out of the development line. You know, there's been so many different iterations of turtles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've always applied different themes to turtles as well. We did the WWE turtles. Yeah. yeah. Turtles. There was the universal monster turtles, uh, in terms of a favorite, um, gosh, I remember when we did the, uh, the, the the WWE Turtles. Okay. And, uh, you know, just the fact being work, be able to work with a WWE and, and Ninja Turtles and kind of combining those two great properties you know, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reaction was good, and uh, I've always been a little bit of a wrestling fan as well. So You're talking to the right guys, too. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. for sure. <laughs> wrestling and Turtles is the backbone of our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it seems like with Turtles, too, you can apply anything, and for whatever reason, it seems to work. Whether mm-hmm. it's the first monsters, the Ghostbusters, WWE, um, it, it, you know, it, it looks cool, and it's, it's always fun, and I think that's the most important aspect of it is, you know, is it fun? And uh, I think in a lot of kids' minds, it is. It is, you know, who would have thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles combines with, uh, you know, WWE, whether it's The Rock or John Cena. Yeah. And it looks cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then that's the fun part about it. I love that crossover because uh, that is like right in our wheelhouse and in, in the Ghostbusters. So, but how was that when you got to work with WWE? Who reached out first? And then uh, how did you pick the, the, the guys? Uh, gosh. Um, you know, I, I don't really recall who reached okay. out first. Um, but you know, in this business, you know, we, we know a lot of people and, uh, you know, a lot of people start in a toy business and then move on and work at WWE or work for in these entertainment companies. And I'm sure it was done that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second question was what, I'm sorry. Like who, how did you determine which guys was that was something WWE said, Hey, we want these guys as turtles or was that a playmates decision? No, it was a collaboration. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking at the time, I think John Cena was the WWE champion. Sure. And obviously, you have The Rock, who is iconic. That's, yeah, uh, absolutely. We you have Undertaker too, and then you get some of those uh, nostalgic wrestlers too, like the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, you know, 
again, full, full collaboration Absolutely. between WWE, Playmates, and Nickelodeon. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it, it works, and that's the most important part of it. Yeah, the, the thing I've noticed in the last few years with the TMNT toy license, it's, it's wild. It feels like there's so many players in the space, and each one... I, I don't even know how that all works, you know, where Super 7 can make some loyal subjects has got their thing. Playmates is obviously, you know, the head dog and has been here since day one. But, it, you know, in regards to WWE, with Mattel having that license, somehow it works out where you can make it, I guess, because it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-based figure of a professional wrestler, it's okay. Yeah, I, and look at, you know, there's always a lot of slices and slicing and dicing on mm-hmm. the um, license you know, yeah there's some things that playmates doesn't appreciate but at the same time <laughs> you know it's it's, um, it's all based on relationships and, yeah uh, you know in the case of paramount you know they they have to utilize the license and that's how they generate revenue mm-hmm. from the decisions they make we don't appreciate and sure some of the things that we do they, they don't appreciate but, yeah um you know it's a, it's a, it's a good collaboration mm-hmm on the wrestling subject, real quick, since you're a fan, who who's your fa- who, who are some of your favorite guys? <laughs> Dave has to get this question in. Uh, you know, I appreciate John Cena. And, yeah. You know, and, and working with WWE and collaborating with them, I think from a a business standpoint, you know, he's at the top of the list. For sure. Watches out for his name, his brand. And um, from that aspect, I really appreciate, it. obviously, what he does, not only in the ring, you know, he's moved on to do a number of movies as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously, a very smart guy, very business-oriented guy that has, you know, marketed himself very, very well. Yeah. And he's involved with Mutant Mayhem, right? Mm-hmm. He is, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it works out perfectly. Comes full circle yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even The Rock, you know, The Rock is another one that, Made his career in WWE, but has expanded his career in movies and TV shows. So, you know, kudos to those guys. Absolutely. A ton of work, you know, when you really think about it. The, um, you know, what they have gone through to get where they are today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something that I really appreciate. Yeah. Well, Pat, we appreciate you talking to us today. We could talk about Ninja Turtles forever, but we know time is precious here. Is there any, uh, you know, parting thoughts or at, in regards to Playmates and Mutant Mayhem that maybe we didn't touch on that you wanted to hit before we go? No, look at that. You know, obviously we're very excited. Hopefully you guys are excited. Mm-hmm. Kids are excited. And, uh, again, uh, you know, it starts with the movie and kudos to Nickelodeon, Paramount, Seth Rogen, Jeff Rowe, and that team for what looks like is going to be a great, great movie that I'm sure a ton of you know, kids and uh, adults will go and uh, you know, I, I hope and they all appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we look forward to the movie launch and continue to working on Ninja Turtles for years to come. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's next in the Mutant yeah. Mayhem line. You know what I mean? We know the cast of the film. I want to see... Playmates versions of Wingnut. Well, you know I can't I mean? wait for Mondo Gecko, and yeah. we know they're coming, so I'm excited. I can't uh, wait. Look, we're going to uh, we'll be at Sweet Sweet in New York next week. Okay. Next Wednesday, and uh, yeah, we'll have a first look at those characters that you just mentioned. Ooh, uh, all right. Gecko, Scumbug, uh, and uh, Genghis Frog. 
Awesome. Yes. So it'll be a lot of fun. And then the Mega Mutant 2. We're going to do a figure based on that character. When you watch the trailer, is that big character that comes out of the ocean? Yeah. Big whale body that has a number of characters attached to it. Awesome. Oh, man. That's so cool. As well. So, very excited about that. And, um, yeah, very excited about the whole process and, and the Awesome. Yep, so Mutant Mayhem hits theaters August 2nd, but you can get your Mutant Mayhem Playlates line, Playmates line of toys currently, the retailer near you. Mm-hmm. And once again, thanks a lot. Uh, as VP of Marketing and Product Development at Playmates Toys, Pat Linden. Thank you very much for joining in the Time Blast Toycast. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, Pat's an awesome dude. Dude, Pat's the man. Really cool guy. I mean, that was a real early wake-up call for him, too, Super in California. Early. Who knew Ertl was in Iowa? <laughs> I did it until I, today. I, Dave I did, because he does research. I did in my research. <laughs> research, what's that? And I had I had a question all fired up for that that, that kind of already got led into there. So I was excited to get to talk about Ertl and the John Deere uh, die-cast tractors. I'm like, this guy came out of northern Iowa, yeah. mm-hmm. purple and old gold, the Panthers. And I was so excited to write that intro when I found that out. And I was like, oh, my God, he was in Northern Ireland at the same Pat time. I was impressed when you called Kurt him Pat the Panther. Hey. He had a look on his face like, wow, this guy. <laughs> and then come to find out he's a wrestling fan. Yeah, so I'm like, who knew? Be- this is a beautiful transition. really was. From a John Deere tractor to a party wagon. Wow. Pizza Full fire circle. wagon. I think Pat Pizza leveled fire up. Van. Pat definitely leveled up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Die cast of the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So lots of fun, right? Oh, yeah. Love the interview, but it's summertime time guys right and Some, you know, so summertime. this interview got us off the summer path for a minute but next week we're going back to summer and yep. we're going back to the time blaster toy cast bodacious bracket tournament tbt bbt for short and a summer barbecue time boys Ooh, are you ready baby. summer yeah. barbecue i want to be really hungry maybe we should bring a little charcoal grill in here and oh, like cook up some burgers while we're, while we're battling it Let's out do it you can debate be. the uh charcoal versus gas oh, oh yeah. yeah that's yeah. a that's that might a be an undercard bout that, that could, that's a good one that's yeah. a good undercard bout. propane versus charcoal yeah, we're it, talking it, burgers. Yeah, steaks. Yeah, chicken. Hot oh, dogs. Yeah. Hot dog. Bratwurst. Oh, yeah. Bratwurst. Smoked sausage. The debut of meat. <laughs> All the meats. Ribs. Ribs. Oh, ribs. Jeez, this could be just meat, but we got to throw some sides on there. Oh yeah. The old yep. corn on the cob. Yes. The old, uh, I mean, it almost could be like two divisions. There could be the the side dish bracket and the meat <laughs> oh, bracket. It's like the east versus west. And then they collide in the finals. <laughs> to create an ultimate dish. Maybe. There's, Maybe, some, there's mean, something there. We'll, we'll yeah. figure it out, We'll folks. figure it out. We'll figure it out, folks. And then as alluded to out of the interview with Pat Linden, we'll be talking uh, the week after that about the Mutant Mayhem line specifically. What a line. Um, yeah. So we'll be deep diving it. That'll be the first time we talk a current toy line, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like we alluded to it with the Jurassic Park episode, you know, last year, but mm-hmm. we talked all things Jurassic Park, but this episode in two weeks is going to just be focused solely on Mutant Mayhem. And if you want to do some research, head over to YouTube, Time Blaster Toycast, and you can watch Keith and myself uh, unbox and mess around with these figures early. I mean, what, two weeks early? Yeah, How we early did we two get weeks, them? Yeah. Two weeks early, dude. I, yeah, I can't wait to talk. It's going to yeah. be fun, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, boys. we got a lot of meat to debate next <laughs> a week. A lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome to the toy cast. Cue up the super soakers for the time blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. It's the time blast of the toy cast. We know the facts well, straight out the half shell. Bringing that TGRI in the landfill. Three Caballeros on the move, no duck bill. Cause they're the right brothers to take flight. It's so real. Every time last guaranteed to cover that. Be kind of rewind like blockbuster back. Got reviews, have you looking for the red flag and bigger noses than Mark Summers on the show hand. So get your notepad, we talking about collectibles. Collectible. Get to the seal, know the value is exceptional. Uh, As it can be from TV to the VHS, yeah. Power Rangers, Star Wars, yeah. He-Man, Playsets, yeah. Transformer, G.I. Yeah. Joe with Destro, yeah. like Bryce with the glow, power from Nintendo. Nintendo. So many toys you will never know. never know. Welcome to Toy Cast, here we go. This episode of the Time Blaster Toycast was produced and hosted by Dave Harbison, Joe D'Alessandro, and me, Keith Libra. We record live to tape from my shop, Time Blaster Toys, in Westland, Michigan. This episode was mixed and edited by Joe. Our theme song is by our pal, the talented Mark Cooper. Follow us on Instagram, at Time Blaster Toys, and YouTube, at Time Blaster Toycast. If you have a question, comment, or idea for our show, you can contact us via the Time Blaster Toy Line at 734-494-2292 or via email at timeblastertoys at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see everyone next week.